Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com, IWork, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. Hey, you've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian Talk Radio, and on Tuesdays, we call it Together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha, as we dig deep into relationship and marriage issues. Because honestly, people, if your relationships at home are a mess, if your marriage is a mess, it impacts everything you do all day long. It impacts your driving. It impacts your interactions with friends. It, interact, it, it impacts your interactions with family. It definitely impacts your workplace. And so we talk about it on Tuesdays because honestly, the world isn't talking about it. The world just makes it sound like we're all just supposed to be happy about everything and that, and that our relationships are just, you know, they're, they're, you know, I don't know, shallow and they don't really mean anything. They don't really impact us, but we desire as human beings, we desire deep, deep relationships and we got to have what's a healthy way to have a deep relationship and that's what we're going to talk about today on the lies that couples believe today we're going to talk about hey is my marriage supposed to make me happy i'd like to thank ace andrews as always he'll do an amazing job today and he'll be taking your calls a little later on you know have you joined the i work for him nation we're just asking people to make that commitment along with us to start praying for their coworkers and employees every day. Go out to iWorkForHim.com, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag. And Martha, we added a new button onto the website, a Donate Now button. And, and it's not like we're going to become one of those shows that's always asking for money. But we want to make sure people know it's out there. Why? Well, because we really have a passion for letting people know about other ministries that are making an impact in the workplace. And so this is a way that people can give, and that will help us to uh, get other ministries on the air. Yeah, we really are passionate. There are We have run across, well, we've had several hundred guests on iWorkRim over the last three years, and we run into a lot of fantastic ministries, most of which don't have much of a marketing budget for getting on the radio and getting people to hear their heart. And we want to be that voice of Marketplace Ministries, and so your donation will help them get on the air on a more regular basis and help uh, support and by doing that, also helps support I Work For Him and keep it on the air. So you can go out to iWorkForHim.com and click on the Donate Now button. We would really appreciate it. It will help Martha and I tremendously to have your support. You look like you want to say something else. No. <laughs> I don't know why you thought that. Hmm, I better look in the mirror. Yeah, you, well, you should. All right, so listen, but it does take... A paradigm shift to do what we're doing, Martha. Every day we, we talk to people, we're countercultural. Everything we talk about on the show is countercultural. Uh, and really, almost, it's not only countercultural from a, from a secular standpoint, but it's countercultural from a church standpoint, because a lot of what we talk about isn't being talked within the walls of the church, or the churches just don't know how to address it. Well, and 
I think even looking at it a little bit differently, it seems countercultural, but it is truly what the Bible culture should be. So it's making sure that we're getting back to the center of what God's called us to do, and that's to be his light 24-7, not just on the weekends. Well, and it is really important that we, we've, we've got a heart and passion to help churches. I mean, that's one of the things. We, we, we've, we both grew up in the church. Uh, I, I, we both committed our lives to full-time ministry as 13-year-olds in the same place, in the same part of the country. We didn't know each other for three years longer. But we really want to take I Work for Him and use this platform that the Lord has given us to help churches, local churches here in Tampa Bay to get started with, help them start marriage mentoring ministries and marketplace discipleship groups in their church. So again, it really just gets back to the basics that what is a strong foundation in a church? And if a church is full of families, having strong marriages within those families is foundational to um, the rest of the building blocks. And so having a strong marriage relationship centered on Christ is our passion. And so helping churches create the um, environment for that to happen in their community, not just within their four walls, but within their community to be that place where marriages can go to be strengthened. And that is what we're trying to do in the, the local church. So as a listener, we're asking you to just take a moment and really stop and listen. You're part of a church body somewhere. Maybe you don't go all the time, but maybe you do go all the time, but you're part of a church and you've got a pastor in your church. If your church doesn't have a marriage mentoring ministry, a ministry where one couple invests in another couple intentionally to help build up marriages and strengthen marriages, if you don't have that, we would like to help your church do that. And so we need you to connect us to your pastor. There's nothing, we, we, we don't have that relationship with your local pastor. We've met many pastors around Tampa Bay, but there are hundreds of pastors around Tampa Bay. If you're willing to, and maybe you're listening and you're not in Tampa Bay, you're somewhere else in Florida, maybe you're somewhere else in the United States. If you are part of a church, we would like to hear from you. Just go out to iworkforhim.com, click on the contact us and connect us. Let us know how to get hold of your pastor. Because we will reach out to them, and if you're not here in Tampa Bay, obviously we can't just, unless you're willing to fly us there, we can't just fly there and help them start a start it. but we know how to get you in touch with ministries that can help you do this. But here in Tampa Bay, this is something Martha and I really want to be on, the, on feet on the ground doing. We really do. And so just don't be um, hindered by what if and I can't and all that, but just give us the opportunity to talk to your pastor and um, help marriages all over because it's a trickle-down effect. If you're surrounded by strong marriages, it's going to encourage your marriage. And when you're working on your marriage, you're going to encourage other people around you as well. So when you get home tonight or right now, if you're listening on the on iHeartRadio or tune in, or maybe you're sitting there listening to iTunes or you're sitting at your desk, Please go out to iworkforhim.com, click on the contact us. Please tell us how to get a hold of your pastor. We would really appreciate it. You're listening to I Work For Him together on Tuesdays as today we're going to deal with, is my marriage all about making me happy? Right? We're taking this right from the book of The Lies Couples Believe by Dr. Chris Thurman. You know, as Martha and I were preparing for this, honestly, I, I, I kept hearing this Make me happy, and I'm thinking this song, this song. I've heard this song. Oh, yeah, it was from the Partridge family, all about making me happy. Ace, you got that song for us? Hello, world, here's a song that we're singing. Come on, get happy. A whole lot of loving is what we'll be bringing. We'll make you happy. 
All right, okay. I think you get the point. We're talking, I mean, the world, we live in this world where everybody thinks it's all about making you happy. And yeah, but doesn't that, that song just make you happy? I mean, I that just, you, you just know. thought David Cassidy was cute. That's When he no, was on that, yes, just I, say it. Did I, you think David Cassidy was cute when that show was on here? Um, Just admit it. It was not my favorite show. You liked show. his hair. No, parted down the okay. middle, long, all that, no. Anyway, what it was making me think of, though, is that <laughs> that music, was that the 70s? It was the 70s. Yeah. So that music, just lighthearted, really does just make you happy. It's just like so carefree. Make me happy. All right, so I got this. Uh, this is a description from the Bible. Okay. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. This describes what marriage is all about. It talks about love, and it talks about love between people, and it's is often quoted in marriage, but it's not just exclusive in marriage, but this is about what is love supposed to look like. And since marriage is supposed to be all about love, I thought I'd read this verse today. Okay. All right, so it says, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It, it does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. It doesn't say in there, and love's going to make me happy, like it did in the Partridge Family song. No, it doesn't. In fact, that is quite a challenge. If you think about all of the things that encompass love in that verse, it's uh, really not about self, is it? No, it's not all about, it's all about selflessness. Yes. All right. So we're studying, we're, we're reviewing this book over several shows over the next several months. The Lies Couples Believe. Now, How Living the Truth Transforms Your Marriage by Dr. Chris Thurman. We ran across this book and started reading it like, wow, the couples that, that we have mentored over the last 17 years, many of them, when they got married because they weren't um, brought up in, an, in a reality, they thought, and all they did was watch TV to learn about marriage, that they thought that marriage was all about making them happy. Or, and there's a lot of lies. This just happens to be one of the lies that people believe is that marriage is all about making me happy. Right. So the premise of the book is that there are these lies that we bring into marriage, whether we've ever even thought about them or not. And so the author is challenging us to understand what those lies are and to um, ultimately get to the point where we are reading scripture to um, really understand the truth of what God has in marriage. So this first actual lie that we're talking about today is um, that we are that the main goal in marriage is to be happy. And, you know, I would think most people would say, yeah, that's a pretty good statement. Uh, marriage should make me happy. And yes, it should make you happy, but that is not the main purpose of marriage. And so that's that's the discussion we're going to have today. Well, and, and it is um, it is very important that a lot of people just think that, well, I mean, we, we wouldn't have got married if we weren't happy together. I mean, Correct. we had fun together. We liked spending time together. We were happy, but we're it. But it isn't the job of the marriage to make me happy. In fact, if we re, if we live those verses that I read from First Corinthians, if we do those things, we will be happier than ever when we put our focus on the other person. Because marriage, in its most health, most healthy format, is when uh, we are focused on other people. When we're focused on our spouse, when I'm focused on you and not on me whining and complaining about life being so difficult, when it's when I'm focused on you, then 
it's easy. I mean, just like if, if I go out and like last weekend, I, we, we, we washed and waxed your car. I cleaned your carpets Friday after the show. And you know, I like doing that stuff. That makes me happy. And it made me happy, too. Did it? Yeah. Okay. All right. That's of course good to... it did. I told you that. Yes, it did. Even though short memory. Even though that Diet Pepsi just keeps coming and coming. And okay. Coming. So in the... oh, you don't want to move on. From no, that... no, no. I wanted to read this. This is um, the very beginning of the chapter. It's a great quote by Henry David Thoreau, and it says, "Happiness is like a butterfly. The more you chase it, the more it will elude you. But if you turn your attention to other things, it will come and sit softly on your shoulder." And the, the, the whole key behind that is the fact that if you are so focused on being happy, it's hard to find happiness. But if you're focusing on um, other things in life, you will then realize that you are happy. And for a lot of people, happiness is contentment. It's joy. Uh, there's a lot of things that encompass that word. You know, well, I'm not. Why is it that you think Hollywood keeps portraying that marriage is all about making people happy. I mean, it literally, the, Disney, every Disney love story movie ends and they live happily ever after. Well, sure, because that feels good. Well, it does feel good. And most movies don't end with everybody dying. There's always usually, and they lived happily ever after. Mm-hmm. The good wins over evil. Not all of them anymore. Some people mess with your head and they have evil winning. And But usually that's to be continued. That's right. Usually that's <laughs> part a of a sequel. trilogy movie or says a sequel, <laughs> correct. But it, you know, why, what is you know, our incessant desire, our incessant drive to constantly pursue happiness when we're not going to be happy all the time? I mean, marriage is tough. I mean, I I know I'm the luckiest guy in the world, and we are happy 98% of the time, but you're incredible and extraordinarily unusual because you're very tolerant of me. So, but, I mean, some people have two people with, or some marriages have two people with strong uh, personalities, and there's there's a little more friction, so there's a little less happiness, but that doesn't mean they don't love each other. Correct. And I think, again, it goes back to those people, if all they're focusing on is how can I become happy? And um, then it's hard to see where you're getting the good influence around you because you're so focused on how can I make myself happy rather than what can I do to make my spouse happy? And, um, you know, we often, it really goes back to when we talk about missions and going and serving somebody, whether that's locally or abroad, when you do something for somebody else, like you were saying about washing the car and cleaning the carpets, um, it makes you feel good. And so you didn't work in order to become happy, but by doing something that pleased someone else, you got joy and happiness out of it. And I think we need to step back a little and, and dig into this, you know, because it is something that is so pervasive in our society, this this pursuit of happiness, that thinking instead of the pursuit of holiness, which was a great book, very difficult to read, but the pursuit of happiness, it, it seems like, you know, when people, well, first of all, they think that getting married is all about a feeling. Oh, there's another song. Feelings? No. The, <laughs> On a feeling. Who sung that one? I don't remember who sung it. Oh, it's uh, like oh, I have no idea. No. All right. So, but there's there's a song about everything. There uh, is there certainly is. when it comes to love. So when we we you know, we start dating people because we enjoy being around them and we have this gushy feelings and we have butterflies and you know skyrockets go off at night. Here's another song. Um, but in reality, 
you know, walking down the hallway today at home or having dinner together, you're not getting, you know, goose pimply butterflies anymore, are you? Not on a, not, not like when you're dating and anticipating. What were you going to say? Know. Not on a regular basis? Yeah, I don't is, know. Is it ever? <laughs> yes. Only when we're apart for a long time. You're putting words in my mouth. Okay, that's what I'm thinking, though. Okay, so it's not about a feeling. It's not like you feel it, but you know it. I mean, I can't imagine life without you. But, you know, sometimes life uh, sends difficulties your way. So you're not always happy, but it's not. A lot of people get this misnomer, this misunderstanding that their marriage is supposed to make them happy. Well, if you got kids, there's going to be moments where you're not happy. If you got a job. You, if you got to commute, good grief! I don't know where I don't know where you're listening today, but if you got to commute anywhere, your commute may make you unhappy. Right? Yeah. You know. Well, you were just making me think about the fact that um, when we are um, looking at TV and culture and Hollywood, like the things you were referencing, you know, they have 30 minutes, maybe an hour, to come to the end of a story. And so I think a lot of what we have seen, and we. We live vicariously through the um, the entertainment that's around us. And if they resolve all their conflict and they do end on a positive note, happily ever after, whatever you want to say, we think that that is normal. And again, it goes back to Romans 12 too that we quote all the time. And we conform. We even if it's just in our thinking and we think, well, surely that's the way it is. And I think, man, if we had such well-scripted arguments as they do on TV, <laughs> we would have not said as hurt, as hurtful of things because, you know, it, we, we don't live well-scripted lives. We live reality and not reality TV either. This is the real deal. And uh, trying to figure out every day what it is that we're supposed to be doing in a healthy way. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. But let God transform you by changing the way you think. And when it comes to why do we get married, it's all about changing the way we think. It's not all about making you happy, but it's all about experiencing joy next to your best friend for the rest of your life. And sometimes life really throws you some curveballs. And people think they get married that life is going to be happily ever after because they've been programmed to think that. I mean, the movies have been around for a hundred years, silent movies back in the twenties and the thirties, but it always was. And they lived happily ever after. Yeah. And one of the things that I think that um, so many of us need to remember is that when we're dating, we work really hard to get to know that future spouse and spend time with them and really be intentional and meet their needs, whether it's, um, you know, planning a special date or listening to their, you know, stories that what's happening at work that's maybe bothering them or whatever. But and then all of a sudden we get married and we lose interest in that effort. And that's when we should be really taking it to the next level and um, getting to know our spouse even more and feeding into them. But instead we think, okay, it's just a you know, we're just going to coast from here on out. So um, that is a dangerous place to be because if you're not working on it, um, you're going to just start drifting apart. So let's explore why it's a lie. Because, okay. I mean, because you know, my marriage is there to make me happy. And and, and I, I, let's just deal with that statement in its own. Because we we often, when we're working with couples, you know, the, the one one spouse will say, well, if she would just do this and this and this, then I would be good. Or the, sp- the wife would say, well, if he would just do this, this and this, and then we'd be good. 
And the issue in all of that is that's that whole answer. Well, my marriage is supposed to make me happy and therefore you're my spouse. So you're supposed to make me happy. But in a Christ centered marriage, it's not about you. Really? No marriage is really about you. I mean, marriage is a hundred percent, hundred percent. It's not a 50, 50 deal. You look like you want to read something out of the book. Well, I was just, I was going back to just something, you know, I mean, we have marked up this book and it's not even that big of a chapter really, but the thing that it's emphasizing is the fact that it can't be the center of your marriage. Your happiness can't be the center of the marriage because if both of you are thinking your happiness is the center, then neither of you are ever going to be happy. So that, that in lies the danger. So my marriage isn't supposed to make me happy, but- no. But you can work on no, me. No, 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 no. No? What? No. I don't want people to hear that it's not supposed to make you happy. It, You definitely should be happy because of your marriage. But if the sole focus, the focus of your marriage is your happiness, then you're going to be miserable. Because you're well, never... Anytime your life is all focused on right. you being happy. Right. I mean, it's like... It's but like... this is a marriage book, so that's why it's about marriage. Okay. So, but, but, <laughs> but let's put it into some... some um, uh, examples that are outside of marriage because the people understand how ridiculous it is. Okay. okay. So you go and you buy a new car because you just want to be happy and you want to drive. You deserve this car. You do deserve a car. Martha would love to get a 2002 Trans Am WS6 with T-tops in case anybody out there has got one they want to sell. I just love it when people hear that because they're probably, I, I get that response a lot where people are like, really? You want, yeah. you like a sports car? She wouldn't, she wouldn't burn the tires <laughs> off of it, but I would help her. No, I'd let them last. All right. So, but people think that getting a car is going to make them happy. Yeah, I know. Well, so, but then all of a sudden they have to make the first payment. Mm-hmm. Or if they buy a used car, maybe they pay cash for it. Then they got to make the first repair. Or buy tires. Or buy tires. People complain because they got to put tires and brakes on a car. Well, what did you think? You bought a car. But the car doesn't make you happy. No. And even the new car smell goes away. And no, there is not a single air freshener out there in the world that can re- reproduce the new car smell. They try. They can. They're not even close. But not, but okay. you want it, so they keep trying. Well, well I do want it, <laughs> but we haven't owned a new car since two th- two a I, long time. When was the last time we owned a new car? Anyway, so off to Martha saying I'm off track. She's shaking her head at me. All right, so but but that's an example of you think it's gonna make you happy, or maybe you just remodeled your kitchen. Oh, if I just had a new kitchen, I would be happy. Well, sooner or later you got to cook on that stove, and somebody's gonna put a nick in your. Uh, in your countertop, or unless you have granite, and then it's going to put a nick in your, you know, your appliances <laughs> or whatever, maybe. But it's not going to make you happy. Just like marriage, the function of marriage is it going to? It's not all about you. It's not all about making you. Ha- Are these examples helping at all? Yeah, I think so. I think you think so. I, I mean, you're not convinced. Well, you need a kitchen. I mean, it's enjoyable to be in a nice kitchen, but if you're focused. For having a kitchen is just to make you happy, and then you never cook in it, and you never uh, enjoy entertaining in it, and not because you have this new kitchen, you know, whatever. You know, it's just if your focus is wrong on anything, you're gonna be miserable. And so that's really what this author gets back to is the fact that if if your if you think your marriage is centered around making you happy. That's a lie, and we need to debunk that lie. Okay, so that happily ever after thing, I was kind of hinting at it, and then we got onto this. I wanted to just show people how ridiculous it is that we think that things are going to make us happy. And mm-hmm. marriage, treated as an object, is a thing. The happily ever after thing, the big lie there is it. It's like, okay, once they're married, there's no more work. Right. No. After you get married, there's lots more work. There's mm-hmm. a lifetime of work. Until one of you goes, 
there's a lifetime of work. And so you're not going to be happy if, if, it's, if you're just thinking, well, we're married now. Good deal. Give me a beer. Everything's you know, going to work out. Give me it, a beer and some peanuts. <laughs> you know, no, turn a big TV on. I need a big screen TV now. Honey, bring me that. No, I don't drink beer, by the way. Mountain Dew, everybody knows that. But it, it's, it's work. I mean, when those people walk off into the sunset, I mean, how many Disney movies have we watched where they... That's the way I, I visualize those words scrolling up on the screen and then they kind of disappear into the horizon. Happily ever after. That was after. Star Wars. No, 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 no. Happily ever after. Not like a whole document like Star Wars was. <laughs> okay. So, but it's, it doesn't, it doesn't work. So when we come back from our break, we're, we're not quite there yet, but when we come back from the break, I really want to talk about the truth about what marriage really is about mm-hmm. and how, what, how we can deal with having walked into the marriage, believing that my marriage was supposed to make me happy. I mean, I mean, there could be some examples of people got, that got married because they were trying to escape a bad situation in their home. So they got married to get away from a bad situation. What always happens there? Always. Well, you have a whole lot of unmet expectations and you, you're, you're not... It doesn't solve the problems. Right. And you the bring problems your baggage follow with you. With right, you. right. Yeah. If you don't deal with your problems, we had great friends that spoke that to us into us in, in 1997. Well, if you don't deal with your issues, when you get here, your issues will still be with you. Yeah. And we bring baggage with us into marriage, which is one of the reasons why it's not happily ever after. So before the break, then, should we just talk about why we talk about this and how it relates to work? Because of the fact that what we are, um, you know, everything that we do in our lives affects all of our areas and marriage flows into work and work flows into marriage. And so learning how to adapt and um, work on relationships is key to that. All right, you're listening to I Work For Him together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha as we talk about the lies that couples believe. And we're dealing with a lie today. My marriage is all about making me happy. That's the first number one lie. All right, so Martha, the lie that my our marriage, my marriage is supposed to make me happy. When we got married 30 years ago, we would have been in a, like two weeks and we've been married 30 years and two weeks today. Yep. All right, so by two weeks in, had we realized that marriage wasn't about making us happy? I mean, did we, did we bring this lie into our marriage with us? What do you think? I got an opinion, but I want to hear what you say first. Well, seeing how we were how. young and immature, I, I was not immature. Truly, I was totally mature. Oh, truly yeah. believe that this was something that we believed. I don't think that it was all we believed, but it definitely. Um, Come on, we watched Man from Snowy River on our first date. That was all about happily ever after. Okay. But, so tell us, Jim, what do you think? No, did we bring this think, into did, did, our did marriage? <laughs> I think we did. And we've had almost like a fairy tale marriage. Oh, honestly. man. He, you have a great memory. Oh, well, that's the great thing is the Lord has given me a fantastic filter. That's good. But really, we have had an incredible marriage. Oh, but, sure. But, I think but, it's but has it been hard? Early... Has it been well, sure difficult? It have we worked on it? I don't know. I've been hard and difficult, I'm sure. But we've... It, did we believe that it was supposed to make us happy? I believe that we truly understood that keeping Christ at the center of it would make us happy, but that we didn't live thinking that, you know, I didn't get married thinking you were going to make me happy, although just spending time with you makes me happy. Yeah, it's interesting because when I think back um, before we got married, like in late high school, I was always 
I always believed I would be this single woman in a navy blue business suit working in a high rise and not married. I don't know where I got that, but that was what she looked I, good in a business suit. That's what I thought. And so, um, you know, I thought that was going to make me happy. So I really, you know, it's it's interesting when you think back. It's like I don't know what I was thinking, but um, but I I believe that um, we all want happiness, and marriage is a great part okay. of that. But okay, here, here's, we're going on. The po- the point is, marriage can make you happy, but it's not yes. so much about happiness because happiness is a feeling. But it's really all about joy and contentment. Mm-hmm. Can you find joy and contentment in your marriage? Yes, you can. Can your marriage be awesome? Yes, it can. Can any marriage be saved and 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 revived? Yes, it can. Does it take work? Yes, it does. Are there a lot of people that just give up because they just don't want to work on it? Yes, they do. Are there some people that their marriage is toxic and dangerous? Yes, it is. And that one's okay to just walk away from. I, it's, I don't know. I hate to even say that, but boy, sometimes you just... you. you People are always criticizing and saying every marriage can be saved. Well, obviously, the work of God in people's lives, nobody can can counteract that. I mean, what's incredible is that we've seen marriages, Martha, that looked unfixable, and by the power of God, both people's lives were transformed. Most definitely. And so Most we've definitely. seen that. All right, so you want so, to let's talk about what is what is the real truth about what marriage is all about. So the author, again, who is Dr. Chris Thurman, and he wrote this book that we're talking about, The Lies Couples Believe. He um, believes that there are three primary purposes for marriage. So again, he's refuting the lie that marriage's purpose is to make you happy. But he believes that there are three primary purposes for being married. And one is companionship. One is children and one is change. And we're talking about God-centered change in our lives. All right. So let's let's parse through those. Let's, okay. let's dig through those. Companionship. And I think of, of all the things that I think I thought marriage was going to be about is about companionship sure. because we were, I was marrying my best friend. Right. And really... Well, I hope you were marrying your best friend too. Right? Yes, okay, most right, so, definitely. All right, so. so in Genesis, God says it is it was not good for man to be alone. So from the beginning right of time, he created us for companionship. And so that is a fundamental part of our society. It is. Uh, <laughs> hey, we got a text from one of our listeners that, you know, happiness is a good thing. It does take work sometimes. Absolutely. We totally agree with you, listener. I mean, it is unbelievable how companionship is just so much fun. I mean, I just, I can, in being, I can enjoy every moment of every day with Martha by my side. Not that I can't enjoy moments of the day with Martha, not by my side, but I, I double enjoy my moments when Martha's by my side. So the, one of the primary purposes for marriage, according to the author is companionship. And that's how God created it and intended it. Well, and, and honestly, as you look at companionship, a lot of people think, well, I don't need anybody. They get divorced in their 40s and their 50s and think, I'm fine, I'm good. There's nothing sadder to me than somebody that's done that. And then they're miserable as a single person in their 60s and their 70s and they get old. That's when they start to get older in their 60s and 70s. And then they hit their 80s and they're alone. I just, I don't want to be alone. Well, the I opposite like... of companionship would be loneliness. And and um, God desires for us to, and you know, we were, when we were talking with the travel cats yesterday, they were talking about how God designed this beautiful world and the fact that um, he meant for us to enjoy it. And the same thing with um, 
other humans and having companionship inside of marriage that he in, he created that on purpose for us to enjoy. Right, hey, I'd like to thank Raymond from Clearwater for listening to the I Work For Him radio program. Thanks for tuning in to Together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha as we talk about the lies that couples believe. And thanks so much for calling in and winning the book. We'll get that out to you here in the next week or so. All right, so number one for what is the real truth about what marriage is about, companionship. Mm-hmm. And then children. Yes, yeah, so... There, you- there's something that, you know, when we got married... I was not thinking about kids, although I had already named our firstborn. I already knew what if we had a boy, what I wanted to name him. I knew that I wanted to call him Joshua. But I had, I mean, I never really thought about how awesome it would be to be a parent. Because I know I drove my parents crazy. <laughs> so, but so you I, were concerned about that? I was or? a little concerned about it. But, you know, you know, I look back at the, yes, there were moments in child rearing and raising no raise you raise cattle you rear children in child rearing where it, I, I read that in a book just yeah, recently that was good yeah uh, that was that book by Eva Everson she's gonna be on a show here coming up in the future awesome. uh, where there were moments that were tough but being a dad was such a phenomenal privilege and we've got an adopted daughter as well and grandchildren now so being a grandpa but all of it wow that was an unexpected plus to me So what the author is saying here is that one of the primary purposes of marriage is having children. And he's talking about um, specifically in Genesis where God commanded Adam and Eve to be fruitful and increase in number. And um, again, he wanted them to have children and then their children to have children and so on and so on. And and that's what um, keeps this world alive. And again, because culture has changed the order that things happen this seems like less of a primary purpose of marriage when truly the way god designed it is marriage and then children and then grandchildren and on and on like that and so again going back to the the basic roots of of um, biblical understanding is that children are a um a, a, a gift a gift of marriage all right so companionship one of the reasons you get mm-hmm. married mm-hmm. having children and, and obviously the act of having children pretty good that goes in that whole thing we're not having a conversation about that today <laughs> but you know it's good god said we created them male and female and it was very good that's right all right and the last one god-centered change that our spouses have been given to us to help us become more Christ-like. There's something you don't hear very often in in uh, wedding ceremonies. Hey, that's an idea, though. Yeah, there you go. You that's have to good, think I about could, that I one. Create a sermon for that one when we could do weddings. So what the author is saying about this is that you know none of us are ever since Adam and Eve and sin entered the world, um, none of us are, are right in and of ourselves and without the (laughs) saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. But when you are married, the, um, you get that opportunity to, um, pray about things in a whole different way because you have two people coming together, trying to run a home together, have a marriage, have raised kids, whatever encompasses your life. And you need to, um, come to a point where you're refining each other really and that's what this god-centered change is all about well and i think what i have seen is a reflection of myself when it gets pushed on you and i realize that my behavior has a negative impact on you and that makes me want to change 
because I don't want you to experience anything negative from the relationship with me. And so that our relationship, our companionship drives me to want to be a better guy. You know, it's that whole, you know, marriage retreat movie where they draw the triangle on the back of the, on, on people's palms right. or it was on the back of their hand. No, I can't remember. Their, yeah. their palm. On their palm. And, and it was, you know, that's the secret to marriage. That's what the guy says. And it's it's like a B-class movie with a, an A++++ message. Super funny. Great, great movie, great message, Marriage Tree. You got to watch that movie. Or just rent it online. I'm sure you can somewhere. But it was the triangle, was the secret. And let's we'll talk about that secret when we come back from the break. But we're talking today about The Lies That Couples Believe, a book written by Dr. Chris Thurman. And we're talking about the number one lie which is my marriage is all about making me happy marriage isn't all about you marriage is a 100 percent in all in game from both both sides of the couple 100 percent wife commitment 100 percent husband commitment it's not about you you're all in you know did you hear that song that we were just coming back into it says it, it's a change of my heart no and i have a speaking we were... part there so i didn't hear it you didn't listen see oh we got to listen to more of the, the music it's so awesome but it is about a change of the heart, and that's what we were just talking about, is allowing God to use our marriage to change us and to make us more like he wants us to be. All right, so we've been talking about, hey, is my marriage all about making me happy? And that that's a lie. The marriage is really all about companionship, just hanging out with your best friend for life, that it's about having children and multiplying and, and having grandchildren and great-grandchildren, because that's awesome. But even more so than any of that is that God uses that companionship and your children and your children to bring change about in your life because there's nothing more humbling than raising children. All right, so you had a Bible Bible verse from this you wanted to read. Well, I did. At the end of every chapter, this the author brings in Bible verses to help you adopt this new understanding of what Scripture should stay, say. And you told me I could only pick one, which is really hard. But it, well, I like James 1, 4, and it says, Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So now you're talking about marriage is perseverance? <laughs> If I can just make it another 30 years, I'll persevere. Scripture. We don't want to be lacking anything. We want to be mature people of God. And in order for that to happen, we need to let perseverance finish its work. Well, and, and that's one of the reasons why we do a marriage retreat. Because a lot of us, when we get married, we get so caught up in life. And then we have children. We get so caught up in our children that we forget about why we got married in the first place. We forget about the awesomeness of companionship with our spouses. We forget about the awesomeness of what children are really all about instead of that we're just all about getting them to be Olympic athletes. I don't know. But we put together the marriage retreat cruise every year, which is coming up next year in February or in March, the 30th right. through April the 2nd. Is mm-hmm. that right? Yeah, March 30th through April the 3rd. Um, but we do that because it helps couples renew that companionship. Yeah, so it's an opportunity for them to set aside just a few days to get away, focus on each other, focus on what scripture has to say um, about marriage and about relationship and be able to spend a little time uh, working on that and and coming away renewed and refreshed. We all need to be refreshed because mm-hmm. life is exhausting. So there, there, therefore, we've debunked lie number one from the book, The Lies Couples Believe, How Living the Truth Transforms Your Marriage by Dr. Chris Thurman. And lie number one, my marriage is all about making me happy it is not it is all about companionship children and god-centered change brought up by 
brought on by companionship and children. All right, so, and we'd love to invite you. Martha and I would personally like to invite you, our audience, listening all over the world, to come join us on the upcoming 2017 Cruise Your Way to a Better Marriage Retreat, sponsored by I Work For Him, March the 30th through April the 3rd. We would love for you to join us. Find out more online, iworkforhim.com. Honey, we've run out of time. Okay. All right. As we come to the end of another I Work For Him show, thanks to Ace Andrews, as always, a stellar job. Thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in. We hope that something we said today challenges you to dig deeper in your relationships, in your marriage. If you happen to be married, dig deeper. Find out why you really got married. It's all about companionship, children, and God-centered change. Thanks so much for tuning in today. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers, and we own our own business, but ultimately, I I work work for him. him.